0: Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so you
1: know, many more doors. The show is
0: called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? you
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm about 95% pancake at the moment. Um, it's Pancake Tuesday here uh, in, in Ireland. I don't know if I do, do other places in the world celebrate a
1: Pancake Tuesday other than just here in Ireland, in the UK. I don't know if
0: you do, but if you do, I, I you saw a of. Uh,
1: I saw a lot of people uh, in the UK sharing their pancakes today. So obviously yeah. they do. Well, I know, I know they do in the UK. I think maybe in the
0: States it might be called Fat Tuesday. I, that just after springing <laughs> into the back of my head. I think there is a thing called Fat Tuesday in the States, uh, where, which is there. It's Pancake Tuesday. It's just not a name for it. Um, but I couldn't right. be sure. Somebody wants to put me straight on that. But God, if I had to have a DNA test at the moment, 95% of it would come up eggs, flour, and milk. I think that's, they'd be my descendants. I'd be half a descendant of a chicken. I think at this stage, I have so many pancakes eaten, but um, that's neither here nor there. I'm
1: feeling a bit the same way myself, but uh, (laughs) when I finished my pancakes, I sat down and watched a wonderful spectacle of a Champions League game. It was very enjoyable.
0: Yeah, it was actually, that was a great game. Yeah, uh, well, it was was just a good game of football to watch. Um, I I enjoyed uh, the best part of it, but you know what, I missed the first half. Because uh, we were watching, um, I was watching, uh, I don't watch TV shows
1: when it's they're a
0: out. British Bake Off or something, is it? No, 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 no. So I don't watch TV shows when they're like bar. actually, probably. I think Peaky Blinders is the last show I watched actually live when it was on. Um, so I was, I've gotten into Happy Valley. Have you ever watched Happy
1: Valley? I, w- I watched all the Netflix episodes. I haven't watched the BBC one yet. Is it on the, Netflix?
0: The last... oh, wait, I go
1: wait. Well, it to was. And um, yeah. but there's the the episodes that are out at the moment. They're on BBC. I think I haven't I haven't watched them once. But it was very yeah. enjoyable that one. I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, one. watched the got got the first two series. I haven't seen the third series, but that's what we're, was watching the last episode of the second the second series. So that's what um <laughs> what, what uh, kept me from watching the first half. Without I found the second half very enjoyable. So there's a little bit of an insight there. We're st- filled full of pancakes and uh, I'm getting stuck into Happy Valley at the moment. Okay. Uh, anybody got anything else that's good to watch on TV? Let me know um, in the comments below as well. But there's a couple of comments actually before we get into Paddy, in Greece, they don't celebrate a uh, show of Tuesday, Pancake Tuesday or Fat Tuesday in Greece. Um At the moment, but it, Lee says it's Shrove Tuesday. Yes, Shrove Tuesday. Um, Aston Villa fans says Shrove Tuesday as well is there. David Miller, I like this. He wants it to be Pancake Saturday when we steamroll the Toffees. We will actually be coming with a preview of the of the Everton game. Um, as well one of the nights as well. Um. Uh ba-ba-bum. yeah, so and Aston the Villa fan asking about what's this happy <laughs> valley is it like nothing like it. Happy Valley is like it's a cop drama, put it that way. Um it's uh yeah, but it's it's not like Piggy Blinders at all. <laughs> um nothing like it at all. Nothing like it whatsoever. Uh, but it is a good watch. Um yeah, so look, listen, guys, wanted to pop on because uh after the game. Uh, on Saturday I just kind of came on and I just did my own ramblings. Um but Paddy was obviously at the game and I wanted to get him on to see what crack was, what the atmosphere was like in the stadium, what his views were being at the match and so on and so forth. And that's really it like um Paddy, where oh, well I was just about to ask you where were you sitting but you're sitting in your fucking normal seat that you always sit in, <laughs> in the whole thing. But uh, yeah. What I suppose? Let's start off with that first. Like, what was the atmosphere on the ground? Like, what was it? Uh, because for all intents and purposes, and from you know, the game was there for the taking for Aston Villa, and when you when you know, well, even watching on TV, even though Arsenal did own the ball an awful lot more, but what was the atmosphere yeah. like?
1: Uh, at the well, I time? have to say, and and I, I don't know whether others would agree with me or not, but I think it was singly the best atmosphere since we returned to the Premier League. Really? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I wasn't expecting it with a half-twelve kickoff. But of course, we started, we started so quickly out of the blocks and scored the goal. I just thought, wow. I walked down, we were, we were late going in because we met so many people. And Kevin Hunter came from Boston for the game and we met him for a drink beforehand. And... We we took a picture outside, and i i I could hear the players coming out in the picture. I was like, "Get, get us into the stadium!" So, uh, I, we were literally walking to our seats when the match kicked off, and the noise I just thought was incredible. And it it kept going. There was there was plenty of singing. There was plenty of getting behind the team. Um, I thought the Arsenal fans were great as well. They they added to the atmosphere. Um, and of course, the four goals within the. The ninety minutes obviously adds to the atmosphere as well, mm. without someone being out of sight. And yeah, look, it's, uh, I I I couldn't fault a lot of things about Saturday. There's there's a, there's a few rants coming later on, but uh definitely the atmosphere was I felt the best since we returned to the Premier League. Now I wasn't there the night we beat Everton, our first win back in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that was the best one. And, and that's fair enough. Um, the one we beat Newcastle when Danny Ings scored that goal, that was pretty good as well. Danny oh, Ng's, yeah. That's what, yeah. So, look, that that's just my opinion. I thought, I, thought, um, I thought the fans were excellent. We got really behind the team. There's plenty of singing, plenty of shouting, plenty of giving out. Plenty of names called to Simon Hooper. And, yeah, all good.
0: Let's start with Simon Hooper, Paddy, before we get on to the actual teams, because... I didn't go into it too much on, on Saturday, but uh I suppose looking back at the game and seeing like obviously we went into the key elements, obviously the, the the Saka should have probably been well not probably he should not have been on the field. Um uh but I didn't go into too much too much more detail to do with Simon Hooper. What was your feelings on Simon Hooper?
1: Well the one thing I, I that look it was hard to see from from where I was on, on Saturday, but Obviously, I've seen back that replay of the of the challenge. And for me, that's a red card all day long. All day long, maybe. If uh, my biggest issue is uh, Arteta coming out during the week and flippantly saying, we want our two points back. Well, you fucking got your two points back. And you've got it back by putting these arrogant pricks, which is the only way I can fucking describe them, putting them on the back foot. And they decided not to send him off. There's no question in my mind that Simon Hooper said to his assistant, who was standing and looking at this five yards away. Now referees have a habit of doing this. This this is a pressure game. You just run the line. You put up the flag for offsides. You put it up for ball going out of play, and I'll do everything else. Referees do that. I know they do that. So that's what I think happened on Saturday. The, the linesmen were told, let me do my job. VAR will pick up anything I really miss. And VAR didn't pick that up. And the reason VAR did not pick that up is Arteta's fault. Nobody else's other than Arteta and, and PGMOL, who he put under pressure. So he got his two points back. And we'll get to another one, which I thought was even worse later on, in, in giving him his two points back. So that is my my view of what what happened in that, that challenge with... Uh, with Saka, and don't even get me started on Saka diving and Enketia diving because it's an absolute disgrace.
0: Enketia's dive, I did bring that up, I think, uh, from memory. I did bring that up. Like, mm. if you were to draw out a scenario of simulate, like if you were to get an actor to act it to overact the role of simulating in a sitcom or a comedy or something like that, that's what they would have done. That flop yeah. on the floor is what they would have done. That's when you put out your card and you go, Eddie, up. Stop acting the maggot.
1: There's the other card. Go. It. And but, it definitely I, went I, over I on know. Saturday because yeah. they're afraid of their lives, of, of those, those big boys. And he, he undoubtedly put those referees under, under savage pressure not to give those decisions at the weekend. Fair enough Do Rob last week. We're told, that, we're told all the time, oh, you you're always giving out about it. It comes and it goes. It doesn't. It doesn't. Not, not, not against the big six, and to be fair, most of the people that uh, that that say these things are fans of the big six. They, they just don't get that this this doesn't come around again for Aston Villa. It's very rare that we cut a break, and then they all go back to the oh, but the ball went over the line. Of Sheffield United, that was nothing got to do with it. That was a technology failure. It was nothing got to do with it. So these things don't come around and go around. They're just given to you. Yeah, I and, and I'll accept the whole the Sheffield United thing the next time I see somebody
0: turn around and say, actually, I didn't, I dived. Actually, I didn't score that goal. Actually, you know, he mm. didn't punch me. Actually, I did. I wasn't hurt. You know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. What do you expect? Because it's Aston Villa, you're expecting Turner to go, actually, do you know what? He was behind the line. You know, he was mm. behind the line. No, it's your job as a referee to be able to spot that stuff. It's your job as a linesman to be able to spot that stuff. It's VAR's job to be able to spot that stuff. It's it's Hawkeye's job to be working on the day. And, and they could do they could do
1: nothing about it because Hawkeye wasn't working. That that's all. Yeah,
0: about. And, and you know, when we go back to that, it's just that you may, when you mentioned that I it's it's a it's a it's a paper tiger, it's it's a false argument, you know, it's a straw man, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, that's and that's what that is. But but you know, the that yeah, the dive is, is that I didn't, I didn't even think of. Look, it wouldn't have made it wouldn't made, made much if any or any of a difference. But I think Paddy and it it, it will be construed. I know that there will be Arsenal fans that'll probably watch this. They'll probably see the see the headline on it and they'll they'll watch it uh to see what we're saying. They go, we're bitching in the morning. But I, we talk about this the whole time. That I don't care what happens in the game as long as the laws are employed uh, are implemented fairly. If it's against Aston Villa, it's against Aston Villa. If it's against Arsenal, it's against Arsenal. But what happens is that I can guarantee you, if uh Ollie Watkins does that dive, there's the other car coming his way. Yeah. It I just believe it just so. happens like it was that yeah. blatant that it was uh the, that it was the other car. And I'm not saying it would have changed the game, it obviously wouldn't. I just don't understand why when it's that blatant, you give somebody this uh, you give somebody the benefit of the doubt, whereas uh, regardless of where it is in the field anyway that's yeah. beside that's beside the point that's beside let, the point i, I, I let,
1: nobody's going to nobody's going convince me that there's any fair play within this league you saw the you saw the, the challenge I, I, can't, I don't know what that the new fella from man united's name is that, that caught the fella around the knee smith that was ooh, yeah and the, not only was, should the referee have seen that in boy. real time they did absolutely nothing about it looking at VAR. So the the whole thing, the whole thing is an absolute farce. It it, it had another nightmare this,
0: this weekend, didn't it far?
1: Yeah. And there was one comment there, this one from Andy. We have to be stronger and influence the refs. We're too nice. Now, bear in mind that that we'll get to this later on, but Emery came out and basically gave out about one of our players. If he's going to call out our players, he needs to be calling out these celebrities and their shit decisions. I don't care what anyone says, we need to act like the big boys in order to play at the big boys' table. So, I totally agree with that comment. We are too nice, we let them away with murder. And um, there'll be nobody writing to us next week to, to say, Sorry about that, we'll give you back your two points next week, which is more or less what they did to, to Arsenal. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, and look, I, and, and, and to be honest,
0: that was an egregious error that VAR made. For the in the Arsenal game, now it was an egregious error. That goal should have been ruled off. It sh- it was an offside goal. Whether they would have still drawn that game or won that game or what the result would have been is completely immaterial. It's, it's like the Sheffield United thing. It's like, and that's why I was delighted you brought up the Sheffield United piece. It's like the Sheffield United thing with us. Who knows what way that game would have finished, even if that was given as a goal. Yeah. So from that point of view, I think that, you know, I, can, I, I agree with Natalie Sawyer when she came out and she said that it was a small bit arrogant of Arteta to say, oh, well, that's definitely a reason why we, we lost two points. You're not guaranteed anything, you know, and, and, and I agree with from that point of view. And uh, yeah, so it's so yeah, that's that that's kind of where I'm going at. But VAR was 100% wrong, it was 100% yeah. wrong in that aspect. And uh, you know, it's uh, it doesn't do itself any favors, is what i would say. It doesn't mm-hmm. do itself any favors. And, and I suppose, Patty, we might as well get to the elephant in the room. And I'm not as how am I going to put this? I'm, I'm not as, uh, as up on my high horse about this, uh, about the third goal that Arsenal scored. Um, but I can understand, once again, Paddy, that rules are rules.
1: And if you look at the rules, them's the rules. <laughs> a referee, a referee would pop you there and say, no, they're not rules, they're laws. Because that's what they say when they want to tell you that they know more than mix. <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, what what the what the rules mean? You know, we we just talked about the Man United one should have been seen in real time. They have got this VAR completely wrong. We watched we watched Liverpool and and Real Madrid there. You saw the second half. Yeah. Did you see the the challenge at the end and Salah went down? Did you mm. see how quick VAR turned that around? Referee puts up his hand, stops the throw in. He had barely put up his hand. He took it down again and went, "Come on." That's the way VAR needs to be. One look, one look at a replay. No, simulation, keep going. Mm. So they didn't even show the replay in the end because it was so close to the end of the game. But look, all of this, all of this absolute shit show that if I don't know why the other 14 clubs within the Premier League have not come together and go, hang on, this needs to be disbanded. Change needs to come from the top down. Mike Riley stepped down and brought in Howard Webb. It's got worse got worse since it, our it's
0: it's certainly not had a good three weeks anyway that's for sure
1: well, the last two <laughs> weeks especially i think has been an absolute it, farce. probably been the worst yeah probably yeah. been the worst for var i think yeah and and look i'm not I, i'm similar to you i'm not totally uh enrage over this goal and and the reason is because i had a horrible week the week before after the man city game it really turned me off football. Like I thought it was an absolute vile atmosphere at that game. I thought they were disgraceful. They they're carry on. And uh, then you go to this week and you get the exact same thing out of Arsenal. The reason I'm not... Sorry, I'm going around in circles here. That's, but the reason I'm not yeah. totally pissed off is that we got 90 minutes of really giving them a rattle before... Well, other than the the Saka red card before, before we were undone by... A goal which shouldn't have stood and that's why I'm not so pissed off and look yeah I I I think there's
0: there's there's yeah by by letter of the law we've seen all those posts on on, on Twitter um you know those two players were in an side position. They were in the in in the eye line. I, yeah. I did I did see some funny some some funny rebuttals from from Arsenal fans saying, but the Aston Villa players are in his eye line as well. That negates the fact that the Arsenal players are in his eye line. That means that they cancel each other out, and therefore the law. And you're kind of going. Come on. Like, I do do was open up the rules and read the rules. Like, that's all you gotta do. You can't make up your own rules, for God's sake. And and look, as once again, I don't think Emmy Martinez gets within an ass's roar of the shot anyway. Um, if the if if the guys aren't there, I just think it was it was a good sh- it was a good, bad shot, if that makes sense. As in um yes, it came off the crossbar, so therefore, as we know, crossbar means it's off target. Um mm. and and it just comes down and hits it. Uh, and I don't think he gets to it if those guys aren't, aren't there. But still, once again, Paddy, the laws are that if the guys are there and impacting his vision, VAR should take a look at it and make a determination on it. And Law number
1: take... law number six, apparently. Attacker in an offside position is obstructing the goalkeeper's line of vision. He must mm. be There's penalized something. because he prevents the opponent from playing the ball to the best of their ability. Blah, blah, blah. There's a diagram in law number six in the in the... Referee's handbook, but uh, our guys didn't read it. Follow as well. Whether he saves or not is beside the point. I I completely
0: understand. Yeah, and I agree with that. The law. Offside is is
1: offside. Offside
0: is offside. The law is the law.
1: He Um, shouldn't have had to die for it because they were offside. They were in his way. Um, it it's it's painful. It's a painful one to take, but it's it's not the worst decision we've had against us over since we came back into the Premier League. Um, there has definitely been worse. <clears throat> um, tough one but I, I, I can draw a line under it just because you, you, you just got to call it out for what it is I, we know that coming onto a podcast and giving out about it is not going to get us anywhere no you know? no no this, and so as I say, we, we need the club to stand up for us as fans and go our fans deserve better than this give us our two points next week <laughs> at good as in park no two wrongs don't make a right and that's what PGMOL did this week. They made they made two wrongs to, to, to give a right to Arsenal. That's not me cribbing. That's the fucking facts. That's exactly what happened. 100%. Um,
0: and I guarantee
1: you, if, if that's at the other end when Bailey is taking that shot, that hits the bar eventually and there's fellas standing in front like, of him. I agree. I agree, and and I don't know Adam and,
0: and a couple of other people there. I just want to make this clear as well. At the start of the show, we said the the ref didn't affect the game. the the, the dive wasn't an effect of the game. Um, the the Saka red card. You know, I think he was pretty ineffectual afterwards. He limped around yeah. the field because Moreno got his got his uh, his his uh back on him. Um, or yeah, actually Moreno yeah. got him beforehand. And um, and, and I, did, and, and Adam, Adam I think that
1: Adam says we didn't deserve to win anyway. I don't think, I don't think anyone ever said... We, I don't yeah. think we deserve to win. I think probably we could have <laughs> yeah, snatched the relevant. draw. It's winning when you don't deserve to win make, makes it even more special. So mm-hmm. you can't just say you don't deserve to win. Whoever yeah. scores the most amount of goals wins. Whether you, whether you have 90% per session or 9 uh, but and you I, win. I, I don't think. It, it, I I don't think we deserve to win.
0: But I do think that if we we could have come away with a draw and said that is a real gutsy draw out of yeah. it, and 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 that's a nice way to. And, and we're, not, and we're that, not sticking on, on you, Adam. There upon So I open up for you. It could I, have been a couple completely... of comments.
1: It could have been a completely different ballgame if Odegaard puts away that chance, that, that comes. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, there's, there's loads of ways and of looking at this. And, and think Ketia
0: doesn't hit the bar with his header and Gabriel doesn't miss that that header yeah, in, in the middle of the box. they had plenty
1: of chances, which they didn't yeah. take. This oh, one 100%. was gifted. This one was gifted to them. And we are doing yeah. everybody a disservice, but not highlighting that. Every other podcast, I'm sure, is exactly the same.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um. Getting on to some of the some of the play from Aston Villa, Paddy, because um look, that was probably the other talking point. In fits and starts, we played some unbelievable football. That second goal is one of the silkiest goals you'd see all see all all, all weekend. Um everything went right. Uh did, did Forest deserve to draw? No, you know, I think that just that just proves a point, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh Man City owned the ball in that game. Um Getting on to the Aston Villa, Villa players, as I say, that second goal was absolutely fantastic. Ten passes, worked it all the way up through the field. Uh, intermediate passes, lovely silky, mm-hmm. uh, slide rule passes, round-the-corner passes, dummies, the whole lot. It had everything. And then for Philippe Coutinho, I think every Aston Villa fan uh, had a kind of a sigh of relief to see Philippe Coutinho put the ball in the back of the net. Because as much as yeah. we've lamented that it hasn't really worked out for him this season specifically in an Aston Villa shirt, we kind of need him to pull up good because, because uh, of who he is and 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 uh, and and what we know he can do. And I thought that he was pretty impressive at the weekend. I thought he got around the field, and I was delighted to see him get his goal. But yeah. what did it look like when he was on the field?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, th- I think he puts the fear of God in, in the opposition. They 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 certainly do, you know, change their game to suit him. The one thing I will say with that goal, and I must say, it's one of one of the, the greatest goals you'll see as a team effort, is where did the goal come from? What did it start from, Neil? What was the What was the opening pass in that move?
0: Jesus, put me on the spot. No, I can't remember. It was, it was I just a goal kicked. kick. I, I just, just remember. It was,
1: it was a goal oh, kick. It was, yeah, yeah. Played into the yeah. midfield. It wasn't quite ten passes. I counted six. So the watch the back. They counted six. It went through six, okay. six different people, and back of the net. That is why we take short goal kicks now. That's that's where the game has got to. That's that's what we're trying to do on a weekly basis by taking a short free kick. It doesn't always work. They do, they, never, they very rarely score from a short kick out. But I just wanted to highlight that that point after a couple of weeks of you know mistakes, let's call them that. That's just to highlight that. That's why teams are passing the ball out from the back. It's it's to try and not give the ball away. And let's face it, we did give the ball away quite yeah. a bit from, from goal kicks as well. So just I just wanted balls, to highlight the, the point. Light. But I just thought the move itself was incredible, absolutely incredible movement. I and and I we've, been ha- we've been threatening to we've been
0: threatening score a goal like that for a while since yeah. uh, since Emery's come in. I'm delighted to see us do it. I'm also delighted with our first goal as well, Paddy, because. This is a more Emery-like goal than, like, at Villarreal. It's a more Emery at Villarreal-type goal, should I say. Um, mm. You know, the ball comes out to Maddie, Maddie catch, robs, some, robs the ball off somebody, thunders into midfield with it. Um, I, I must say, it was an absolutely brilliant ball that he plays over the top.
1: It was I, a messy like pass. It was Messi brilliant. Had done it, they'd have they'd been, they'd been rolling back to have a look at it again and again and again. It was an incredible pass. It was an incredible pass, well taken down by
0: Watkins, and Watkins with a superb finish. Now, Maddie Cash may not have done an awful lot in the game after he did that, and that's a fair. Like both things can be true, uh, but that pass was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and Ali Watkins four and four going for going to be the first Aston Villa striker in Premier League era to score five and five, I think, uh, which would be amazing.
1: Um, he's From the penalty. up spot. But... Which one? Or do a penalty? We'll get one or, or do, do a penalty, penalty. <laughs> to, to even not, up the fact that they robbed us this week. <laughs> Eddie,
0: he's not taking penalties. You mad? That's going to be Philippe Coutinho is going to take the pen, take a penalty if we have it for sure. But um, I think yeah, that 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 was another really really well worked goal. And then I also want to put, I want to talk about the the Bailey one that came off the crossbar. Great save from Ramsdale off the crossbar. But I want to oh, oh like he only got ten fifteen minutes. Did some infuriating things, and I think it's just a case where we're going to see him do things where he's going to run into a defender and hit the ground and look for a free and have people out of out of position. And that's infuriating. But he took that ball out of the sky brilliantly on the sideline. And if he can get at least those sparkles into back into his game, because he took that ball and he absolutely hammered the, the Arsenal defender on the outside for pace. Got into the box and just literally didn't think about it. Didn't Ali Watkins, what Ali Watkins has been doing for the last couple of weeks, Had didn't think about it, just put his laces through it. And Ramsley gets a finger to it and hits off the crossbar. Five minutes later or 10 minutes later, we're below and we're seeing a ball hit the crossbar, hit our goalkeeper and go into the back of the net. And it's those margins when you're not expected <laughs> to beat a team. And we weren't expected to beat a team. It's those margins that kind of are hard to take at times. But mm-hmm. talk to me about, I suppose, about the, what I'm trying to get at here as well is the substitutions, Paddy. Did you feel that there was a kind of a drop off when the subs came on?
1: Or how did it seem in the stadium? Um, someone said that to me uh, yesterday. And I, I, I honestly don't, like, the. obviously it was going to be a bit disjointed. There were so many of them and some of them weren't needed. I didn't think Ollie Watkins deserved to be taken off. But I think he felt he had to put Duran in there. Um, I thought that was that was of of them all. I thought that was the strangest one to make. Um, other than that, I I can't complain. No, I, I didn't. I didn't notice any drop off in. Uh... Now there was a lull. Of there's always a lull because once once a, a team makes a change, you always see that little bit of a standoff to let them see what way they're going to sh- shape up after that. But uh, it was very short lived. the Lull because uh, it, it was a, it was a great game to watch. If, if I was a neutral sitting in that stadium. I'd be very happy with the entertainment value I got for what I paid for my ticket. Mm. I think personally, I think there was
0: a level of, there was a level of difference. I think when Douglas Louise went off and then Dunker came on just from an, uh, a nimbleness in midfield, we got more stout as, or sorry, we got more, more height in there, but we didn't have the, the, the fleet of foot um, in there. And, just watching it on TV, you could kind of see more pockets of space open up. Uh, you could see we gave away a lot more kind of ground and a lot more possession on the edge of our box than we did when Douglas Louise was there. Um, yes, we gained a bit more height for defending corners, but what they did was they started to go short with their corners, you know. Uh, so it, I think it was probably a net negative bringing him on. Mm. Now, once again, I'm not down on the player, I just think the way the game transpired. If we had someone else that have come could have come in there, and I'm fully aware that you know we didn't re, we didn't really have anyone else in the bench that could have come in and done that job there, uh, save for Callum Chambers, who I think would have been even less nimble in in that defensive midfielder field position. And for me, it probably highlights the need for uh, somebody that, that can come in and come off the bench in, in that instance. But I think apart from that, I agree with you, Patty. I think there was nice injection of pace with Leon Bailey. Albeit you get the frustration, and I think John Duran, thats the guy I want to come to next. He just looks like a guy who just really loves playing football. When you look at his face, do you know what? There's a lot you can tell. And here, here comes the old man in the corner talking. But there's a lot you can tell by somebody's face, and there's a lot you can tell by, you know, uh, there, there's there's kind of a, a childish kind of exuberance in his face. You 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 look at him and you go, he's only a teenager, and that that and when you watch him play football, he's a teenager that likes playing the game of football. And I think and I think you can see that when he comes on the field because he's all energy and and he's not afraid to throw his body about there.
1: Yeah, absolute ball of energy. That's the only way I can describe it. I, I would like to see him start a game at some stage. Mm. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that point very quickly, I would imagine, because we'll pick up injuries or suspensions or whatever. Um, but I would like to see what he does from the start. I would like to see if he has that same burst of enthusiasm that, you know, we've seen we've seen many players come off the bench and do stuff like that and not be able to do it from the from the beginning. So <clears throat> including me on Bailey most weeks. But anyway, <clears throat> we'll get to that later on. Um but yes, totally agree. Uh I, I like that's that's two weeks in a row of seeing him come off the bench and be exactly as ever vested as as you are describing. So um probably made more of an impact, I thought, against Man City, but did he get? I think he got more time this weekend. Did he? Did he get a little bit more time? I'm trying to say, yes,
0: I'm going yeah. to say I think he got about twenty minutes today, and I think he got maybe like something in the teens the last day. It wasn't much more though. Um, mm. I don't think it didn't seem like it anyway. I don't have yeah. uh, anything else open here. I'm yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't
1: matter anyway. But look, look, I I thought I thought the sub, if I was making the substitutions, it would have been Duran and not Bailey to come on first, and that, that's why I thought that the Ollie Watkins one was a bit strange.
0: Um, I'm going to take it away from Aston Villa at the moment. Hey, hey! Welcome to our pre-production meeting in the middle of a bloody podcast, everybody. I literally said to Paddy, "Going, I don't know do I have the energy after all the pancakes, and I'm just out of talking about Aston Villa." But we're half an hour in, um, and. There's been a bit of movement, I think, in in within the Premier League, uh, manager wise. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because there's there's like there's managers getting let go at the bottom of the table, um, and uh, while it like it doesn't affect us from that point of view, you see guys like Javi Gracia is after coming in at Leeds today. Leeds are in a in a relegation battle. Sean Dyche, who we're going to see at the weekend, is after being brought in at Everton. Southampton, still awaiting their new manager. Looked like it was going to be Jesse Marsh. They'd be chasing him apparently for seven years or something along those lines. And they <laughs> couldn't agree to a deal with him because they were only willing to offer him six months. Um, but what I wanted to bring up here is that teams are having to, like, like it, it, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't when you go and you try and get that name that you think might be able to propel you on or might be that philosophy type manager. And what the, the question I'm going to ask here is that Aston Villa need to be commended. I think it's actually more of a statement than a question. I want to know, do you agree with this? Aston Villa have to be commended with the fact that they went out, they pulled the trigger. They got in a manager who reputationally is up there. And like he's up there with, 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 with you name him in the world at the moment. As I, I've said before, he's definitely in top 10 managers in the world uh, at the moment. And we didn't have to go around and try and find somebody to fight the fire, um, at the end of the season or a couple of more weeks on. Like, like teams like 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 Everton, I suppose, with the Sean Dyche. When you could say it's fighting fire, he's getting some great results. Don't get me wrong. Will Javi Gracia coming back in after his time with Watford? Will he be able to come in and fight that fire with the, with Leeds? I, I, I personally think it it could work because he's got a good philosophy, but it's it's fraught with danger. And, and and as I say, I think I'm very proud of Aston Villa for going away and getting Una Emery, wh how long however long we keep him is the next question. But um, you know, it kind of shows it does or does it show a different level of ambition toward to, to ever Everton and, and Leeds. Granted that this isn't having a dig at any of those fans because I'm sure neither of those two names would have been the first names and on, on on the fans' lips, but does it show a different level of um I suppose uh Forward planning within the club.
1: Mm. I, the, I think you know, it's the last question, right? I think I, I know I know what you're getting at. I think I think you're being a little bit disingenuous towards Sean Dice because I think he's an established Premier League yeah, manager I, I, who happened to be out of work. The other ones I can totally agree with. I, I, I thought the Southampton woman was hilarious. Oh, we've been chasing this guy for five or six years, but we only want to give him a four month contract. Get a fucking life, Madness. man. Madness. <laughs> It's yeah. the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. And look, we went out and we showed ambition. Admittedly, we weren't in half the trouble that those guys are in. We yeah. still we were still a little bit clear of relegation, albeit we were going bloody nowhere on under who we had. So look, we I, I have total trust in this manager. Um I alluded to the fact that he called out one of his players. That's fair enough. Um, I'd like him to be a little bit stronger and call out the, the officials if he feels hard mm-hmm. done by, call out the officials Um, but other than that I have nothing bad to say about this manager, I think he is more than capable and I think now it, you know that we're, what have we got 28 points where I think staying up is going, is going to be a little bit higher this year, judging by the amount of points people have on the board, so you, you mm-hmm. could be you could be looking at 38, 40 points to stay in this division so that's yeah. another four wins for us that's where we need to get to, and then and then sit back and go right. Where where do we need to change this next year? Because I, I think we've missed opportunities since Christmas that would have pushed us into the the higher half of the. And I'm I'm resigned to the fact that we're staying where we are now. We don't think we're going to go much lower. Definitely don't think we're going to go any higher. Albeit we five or six games now that we could potentially get something out of. But I would like to see this manager now say to. I don't, I don't want to pinpoint, but just somebody, sorry, you're not going to be part of my plans next year. Let's get this fella in here and see how he does. Whoever that is. Uh, if, that, if that's, for example, an Ashley Young for Maddie Cash and, and say to Maddie Cash, you're free to go in the summer. If that's a Robin Olsen for, heaven forbid, for, for Emmy Martin is, which everybody seems to think is, is, is going to happen in the summer. So be it. Uh, let, 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 him, let him be the, the man who makes those decisions. If, it's, if Leon Bailey is not in his plans for next year, if he's given ample opportunity now and he's not taking it, put John Duran in there, put Coutinho up there, put put, uh, Buendia beside him like he did. There's loads of things we can do, loads of things to freshen it up. And I have faith in him to do that. I I genuinely have, because there is going to be a huge sale of players here in the summer. This squad, if we look at this squad this time next year, I would imagine it's going to be unrecognisable.
0: I agree with what you said. 100%. 100%. I think it's going to be recognizable, unrecognizable. I think that there's going to be at least four players that come in, at least four players that come in in the summer. And I think every single player that comes in during the summer will stake a claim for a first team position. And you know what I mean by that is there won't be any Ludwig Augustinsons coming in, I don't think. No. Uh, there won't be any Robin Olsons coming in. You know, ended and dunkers coming yeah. In. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is we padded out the squad an awful lot in, in, in the summer yeah. just gone. And while I'm I'm not gonna sit here and try and rewrite history and gaslight anyone, I fucking called for it. I was like, I think we need to have a better squad, and we did get a better squad, but we got a better squad for a completely different style of play, which turned out to be a red herring and a false dawn. Uh, which could which which you could see what at times what Gerard wanted to do but he wasn't able to implement it. We've got a completely mm. different style of play from a different manager at the moment. And I think the one part that I disagree with Paddy is I think he's already said to a lot of players, you're not in my plans. I think he said, that's why Nakamba's at Luton. That's why Ings is at, uh, is at West Ham. That's why, you know, Bednarak went back. That's why, like, mm. I, think, I think it was ballsy to do that clear out in January, the more I think about it. But I think the kind of thought process was, ah, look, we might as well do it now because we're going to be doing it in June anyway. Um, and we will see at the end of the year whether it was whether it was uh, whether it was um, it, it was right or whether it was wrong. Uh, I think. Uh, but what will also be like I I I'm saying as well at the in in January, no matter what happened, Danny Ings and uh, Ollie Watkins were going to be tied together for the next six months at least with regards to their performance. Now, Danny Ings obviously has been injured uh, since he's gone to West Ham, but Ollie Watkins has gone to that level a small a bit more. And that's what I'm kind of looking for. We get to 38 mm-hmm. points or whatever uh, as, as, what's that, another 10, 10 points yeah. uh, if we can, and 15 games to go. We should be getting there soon enough, I would imagine. You know, we shouldn't be clinging on to get there, but we should get there at some stage easily. And I, then what I'm thinking is, I'm looking for who's going to elevate their performance over that period of time.
1: You know, I, 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 I think, I, I think by the time we play, is it is it Chelsea at the end of this run of games? I, I think, I think we'll be on 40 points by then. I, I hope we are, yes, as well. Yeah. I, I, well, it, it's what I'm not saying. I think we will. I, I, I would hope that we are. It's an opportunity to given, the, to given. But, give the, but we did say that directly after Christmas, and then we got completely derailed by losing to Stevenage and just And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So, look, the performance at the weekend, while parts of it were unacceptable, there was unacceptable errors, there was silly things done. Um, we didn't even mention the header back into traffic by Tyrone Mings. Um, you know, the, the mistake from Konza that, that we alluded to that, that gave the chance to Martin Odegaard. Those things need to be eradicated. And look, I, I'm I'm not calling out these players. I'm just pinpointing that these, these ones happened. There was many, you, you mentioned one Bailey made. These, these things are going to happen left, right and centre. It's when they start costing us, like like what happened at the weekend. Uh, we didn't even mention uh, Sinchenko's goal, which I, I think I could call out a few players, but I'd also like to call out the guy who's looking after our set pieces. Because if we can lose to Stevenage with a short corner like that, with, without, with them having a man extra, why in God's green earth are we doing that against Arsenal? So the errors are not just being made on the pitch, they're being made off the pitch as well as far as I'm concerned. Now, that was fellas that just tuned out for that. They were just distraught. I I, I don't know what the hell was going on. But to, to see their faces after that goal went in, they were devastated. So it was just like Stevenage 2.0. I thought that That's what I got out of that corner. I was raging over that one. I think that corner is nothing like Stevenage when you look at it again,
0: because I think I and I and I. Well, there was more. There was more people involved, obviously. Obviously, but the point makes make, Zinchenko is... puts it in exactly the position he needs to put it in. I think it's just yeah. a good shot. But well, we 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 had we had too many people ball watching. We pressed the three different levels. That's like we had we we, we, we people get out in a diagonal and and, and now we didn't get. We could have got closer. Obviously, you can always get closer if you don't block the ball. You could have been closer. But I I I think that Zinchenko just literally arrows it in into the Right. I would just shot. have
1: to ask the question is what 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 is our setup for a short corner? Because I don't even think yes. the new short corner was going to be taken. I, I agree. That, and that, that I also true. have to ask, why is it gone out of vogue to
0: not mark, mark not mark the posts? Like we see it you see it every year, headers at the back post every every <sighs> week. Headers at the back post, um you know, things like that, messy ones that squirt out to the back. And and, and look, I know it's very old school and it's very Sunday league to mark the post. But if you've John McGinn on the post there, that isn't the goal. It's that mm. simple, you know. Where are, we, where are players going to aim for when they when they get the ball out there at the edge of the area? They're going to aim for the fucking sides of the goals. They're not going to put it straight down the middle because there's going to be too many people there. So mm. it's just, it's sometimes the old
1: ways are the best ways. Mark the car, mark the post. Yeah, but if you if you go the old ways, then you're leaving extra man to go and head the ball. That, that's, that's the philosophy why there's not people on the post anymore. That's that's gone a long time now. At that level, it's gone a long time now. I
0: I, I think you should, regardless, you should always... Have, ask Gary Neville as well. I think he said it recently. You should always have, have a defender on the front post because it allows mm-hmm. your goalkeeper to go that's that far further back into the goals. Uh, or to or to allow him to be to be central within the goals. But look, we could be here till the cows come home, and I know that it's it's philosophical, and I know I'm wrong in saying it. I know that it's it, there's I know the reasons for it, but uh, I'm saying there's there's always a way. There's always a way to figure it out if you can yeah. put if you can put Emi Bendiya, Markin, Veckin, Dolph Lundgren, or whatever or whatever his name is that lad who played with Southampton and what's uh, his name Vestergaard. Um, if you can put them marking in each other at some stage and think that that's okay at the back post, well then you can absolutely put someone at the front post and find some other marking system that you can have in there as well. But that's why we're not paid to do it. Um, it's, uh, that's why there is somebody that's paid to do it. Uh...
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's a great point here from Rod. Would you like to read it? Um, minority I know, but I want
0: Martinez and Coutinho here next season. I love them in the techno attitude issues at all. I love the two of them, and I want them here as well. <laughs> so I, do I. I, 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 I right, no I. I think that's I think that's the I think that's the silent majority that <laughs> yeah. actually want. I think for once there's a silent majority. Yeah, they're afraid <laughs> to say something because. Of it. Uh, but no, <laughs> because I I think I would favorite. like to have the two of them here. If they if like I I think Emmy Martinez is like if if you if you put Emmy Martinez up for sale, in the morning, I would. You know, at least seventeen teams in the Premier League. Ring you? Well, sorry, sixteen other teams in the Premier League. Ring you. I would go so far as to say.
1: Um, but like, the, the, the moral of the story is, Coutinho would have been gone in January if somebody could afford him. And Martinez will go in the summer if somebody can afford him and somebody needs him yeah. that can afford him. Yeah. Other than that, we're going to have the two of them there next year. Because who, who needs, who needs to spend 100, mi- it's going to cost you 100 million to buy Amy Martinez now. I don't care what anybody says, unless unless the manager has a problem with him from the past that we don't know, and he decides, you know what, I can get 50 million here, that'll do us. I have a goalkeeper who's 21 years of age in Spain that I think can do a, as good a job, if not better. Uh want to mention, mention ZH played for the academy last night. I thought he was excellent. Uh, just, just a boy-to-way thing. Cinesalo <laughs> is no slouch either. I think um, i i I think,
0: and you heard it here first, if Emmy Martinez gets sold and, and this this is what worries me is that Bayern Munich could be a team that could be in frame, but they don't spend cash, and I don't think that their fans would like a goalkeeper to be their highest uh, highest transfer fee, like I think something like their transfer fee, highest transfer fee is something like 30 million. we're going to want at least double and a half of that <laughs> on that? top of it again and um, Bar Munich. Um, they, they, they never spend that kind of money. The Germans, but I, 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 I think they're going to have to start spending it at some stage. But anyway, beside the point, uh, I think that Uno Simon, Une Simon, Simon, I think his name. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The guy from Bilbao. I think he's the guy that that uh, that um, uh, Una wants, and uh, I think that if Emi Martinez goes, that Athletic Bilbao might be yeah. looking at uh at, at, at maybe buying a bigger mattress to put all the money we'd be putting we'll be giving them for a nuke williams and uh and our goalkeeper underneath the, the problem uh, is the the
1: where where, is, where does he go who's who's gonna spend That's, that type this of money it, Chelsea Paddy I, I I don't even think Chelsea need to spend that kind of money um they've two really good goalkeepers there um oh yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: Quevine um, Kelleher literally Quivin Kelleher is just like he's somebody is going to sign him and somebody's going to make, make great money out of it or great, mm. great business out of it. It's going to cost you 20 million to sign him off, off Liverpool's bench as well. Uh, so, but yeah. good call, rookie mistakes. Um, I think Queven Keller, we're really excited. The funny thing about it, Ireland have three really good goalkeepers at the moment Gavin Pizzuno, Queven Keller, and Mark Travers are three, three good goalkeepers at the moment. But you, and we've Evan Ferguson up front, and we've we've Nathan Collins at the back, and we've nothing in between. Nothing in between. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone else gets good. Although saying that, we've we've a serious crop of uh, under seventeens, under nineteens, and uh, coming up. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that transfers. The point I was
1: making there, the the only team I could see to spend that money on a goalkeeper is either PSG, who look like the owners are 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 going a bit cold on. PSG or, or Real Madrid, who always seem to pull these ones out of the bag. And at the moment, with Donnarumma and Thibaut Courtauld, although he's a couple of brain farts tonight, they don't actually need him. Um, someone mentioned... Was that AC AC or Inter that were uh, up there? Inter, Inter Milan and I, and goals. Yeah, I just don't think there's uh, there's that kind of money in, in Serie A the, at the moment. Um, and both of them are... are well, they're, they're, they were supposed to be... Sorry,
0: obviously they they ground share at the San Siro. They're supposed to be building a ground between the two of them as well, but I think apparently they've both of them have fallen out, now they're talking about building separate grounds again. <laughs> so, um, and I would like nothing more than to be a fly on the wall than a, yeah. a, within a Milanese boardroom bust up. I think I think it would be the most colourful thing I could ever see. So, if anybody has any footage of of a Milanese boardroom bust up, I would absolutely pay good money after bad to see it because, um. Yeah, Uh, and I am a big AC Milan. I've always been. Back in the day, we used to get uh, Italian football with James. um, What's his name? How come I'm forgetting his name? James... (laughs) <laughs> the guy, the baldy guy, the, the famous guy. I know, I know you're talking about. But I can't remember his. I can't remember his name. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, um, we used to get that when we were really young, and uh, it used to be on a Monday night here in Ireland, about about quarter past nine. And I remember I used to watch it, and uh, AC Milan when they had Jean Pierre Papin and uh, Van Basten and Hullett and all those up front. They were just a magic team, and I've always kind of followed them since. Um, so I've always had a soft, soft, soft spot for AC Milan, uh, but I don't want them to take our goalkeeper. I don't want them to take our goalkeeper. Yeah. James Richardson. James Richardson. Oh, Jesus God. Christ. <laughs> yeah. That's, um that'll tell you, I'm going to blame that one on the fact that it's 10 Ooh. to 11. I'm going to blame
1: that one on the fact that it's 10 to yeah. 11. A- Andy goalkeeper. mentioned Spores there in the comments. There's no way Spores are spending 100 million on a goalkeeper. <laughs> if if Spurs come, it's going to be 200 million. Yeah, Levy, or, Levy. Yeah. Or seven, 17 million plus. Who have they got? Gallini? <laughs> no. They do, do a Jack Relish on it, yeah. Do a Jack
0: Relish yeah. on it, yeah. yeah. Josh yeah. Anima and two million or something yeah. along those lines. That's yeah. what they'll offer. Um, we're getting into the weeds of this one, Paddy. I think we're going to call it 48 minutes, Paddy. I said to you we'll get about 20 minutes as always. Um, at the start of the podcast, and you said we might get a bit more. Yeah. I did one, one, like one
1: more came. thing before we go. I want I want to talk about the fact that Emmy Martinez came up for the corner because oh, yeah, sorry, we, sorry, go for we, it, Jack. Yeah. I think people are reading a bit too much into it now. I was obviously in the stadium. And my son nudged me and went, He's come over the corner. And I went, Oh, Jesus. It was just I, I hate seeing it. I hate seeing it. I don't I don't I don't know what, and that's just my opinion. Um and obviously nothing came of it. They broke. Um talk about really- Emmy Martinez shit, Martinelli celebrating before he even kicked the ball over the line. I thought that was a bit taking the piss for me as well. The other the other guy who put him through Vieira is a celebrating his pass, you know. Get over yourselves, lads! For fuck's sake! But it's the Martinez thing I wanted to talk about because obviously uh, Emery was caught on the spot. I think he, I think he spoke a little bit out of school. Obviously, haven't discussed it before. You know that anything like that would happen hasn't hasn't. Have we even played a cup game at Martinez? Inn? we haven't. Should we haven't? No. Because we lost to Man no. United, then we lost to uh, Stevenage. Obviously, we're both with Robin Olsen. Is that correct? Yes, correct. So. Who knows if that was even ever discussed before? So I reserve judgment on, on there being an issue between Emery and Martinez. Until I'm, it's, and until I'm glad it, you brought that
0: up, Patty, because I had it written down in a piece of paper here and I knocked a piece of paper off my desk. Um, and I forgot to say it. Uh, I think Unai Emery's. I, I, I think that the language you used in that interview. Has been. I think the context he wanted to use it in, the context that, that he did use it in. I think there was a a mismanagement of his uh, his level of English. That's because that's what I got from it. Uh, you could see he was frustrated. I think his body language was what brought people to the com- to put two and two together. I I think he was asked the question. He just answered it honestly. goes, I didn't really ask him. I didn't tell him to yeah. go up to, or go up first. You know, I didn't yeah. tell him. I think when he talked about there's players out there that are doing things that I'm not telling them. I think that was. A very direct answer because it was the direct English that he knew, as opposed to being able to soften it up. I think so, um, and, I think and, so. and and that's what I thought in the moment. And I don't think the two were were uh, were associated. I think more the the. The, what he was talking about was people's positioning because he mentioned that we lack positional discipline we we almost essentially what he wanted to say was at times we reverted to type and we need to be a bit more disciplined with what we do um, and I think two and two was put together with regards to that now it could be 100% wrong obviously here you know but uh, he did I think it was all it all stemmed from he, he, he caught a frustrated man in that interview and he did say listen I didn't tell him to go up there he went up there on his own and yeah. uh, I think that's just honesty. I know? don't. I, I don't think there was anything,
1: honest. anything, uh, yeah, malicious in what he was saying. It was just like, no, I didn't tell him to do it. Next yeah. question, please. <laughs> you know, and yeah. they, they were trying to elaborate a bit more on it, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but look, that I just wanted, I just wanted to say that. Did it bother me in the stadium at the time? Yes, because I didn't like that we do that, um, in a league game because I think there was every opportunity that if if we had a good corner worked in in set-piece training that we might actually fucking score from one. <laughs> but uh that's obviously not the case. And we didn't score and they scored at the other end. I, w- I would rather lose 4-2 and go for it and go 3-2. And so either way, it didn't bother me too much. Um, In Your Head Change
0: Man asked a question and we might leave it on this one. He says, and thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. But would you like... To, would you like to see us making a big signing like a 70 million plus on a player in the summer? And why do you think we haven't made a big huge money signing? Patty, if you don't mind, I'll take the start of this one, if you don't Go mind. It. Because the reason I don't think we've made a big signing is because we can't afford it. We've got massively um and, and it's because I've said previously, I think this club have always come with the mindset of playing within the rules of financial fair play. And as we know, other clubs don't do it. Um, I I think we may see. I think we will see. uh, Sorry, I'll start that again. I think we will see our transfer record broken this summer. Um, I think we may see our transfer record broken more than once this summer. Um, At the moment, our transfer record is what, 38 million? And that's including all the add ons for, for Buendia. I think we will sign a player over that this summer. I don't know whether we'll go to the levels of 70 million plus just yet because you have to build your revenues before you build your costs and i think to answer your question as to why we haven't done that so far is it always what echoes in the back of my mind is the first year that we 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 got promoted it was actually just before the year started christian Perslow did a q and a with the supporters trust and he said that bournemouth can go away and spend like drunken sailors because they've fulfilled their three years of financial fair play within the premier league and they did go and spend like drunken sailors when they only had 11,000 of a stadium uh, Eleven thousand six hundred or something is what their stadium can bring in. Plus, they had a, one of the lowest sponsorship, um, sponsorship deals within the Premier League. But what they were able to do is they were able to leverage money on the club based on them fulfilling financial fair play, um, for the three years previous. So that's that's why I don't think we've spent that money um but i think that we can expect money to be spent this summer and i think we can probably
1: expect expect
0: big money on one player anyway for sure
1: i can't argue with any of that i think you i think you're dead right i think we will break the transfer window i think we will spend close enough to 100 million on players this summer but i think we will recoup some of that with what we've what we're going to sell as well or Get off the 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 wage, the wages. We could, in theory, re- recoup all that on Emmy Martinez if, if if what the papers are trying to make everybody believe is true. So, look, the the summer is in <clears throat> again another new dawn. We just have to wait and see what comes. But I I don't believe we're the kind of team that will ever spend seventy million on a player. Now, you understand that with inflation and the way never the football market is done, that this will happen eventually. But I think in the medium term, I don't envisage just spending that kind of money on a player.
0: Never say ever. West Ham have gone yeah. and spent massive money on a player, and Newcastle have gone and spent massive money on a player. So I won't ever say ever with regards that before we go, uh, Ian has said Jonathan David David Jonathan David are and Nico Williams are Nico Williams, but I want to bring up Jonathan David, he's absolutely killing it in uh, in uh, the Uber Eats League, own, um, as you have to refer to it, right? As you have to refer to it at the moment, um, but yes, uh, I'm a big Jonathan David fan, and I don't know whether he could do it in the Premier League, I think he would. Be very good for Aston Villa, yeah. and obviously Nico Williams, I think, has uh, great great potential as well. So and if we, we did see the two of those come through the door. I think it would be an exciting, uh, too exciting uh, pieces. Adam says
1: if we don't break the record a couple of times, we're wasting Emery. I don't think Emery is the kind of manager that will want to to go mad, spend the money either, and leave that legacy behind. Me. This is a huge project for him as much as it is for us, and he needs to do it right. I think if he found the right person, they would have. Broke the transfer window in January, but he felt they were overinflated, so he never did it. And you've got to respect him for that as much as I wanted us to push on and spend money, because uh, how how many times over the last thirty years now we look and gone, come on, we push on, we can get one more, we can I, get one more, and then I, it didn't happen.
0: I agree. I, I would like us to spend money, but if we brought in six players and we only spent forty million and we propelled us up the league and there were the players that do Neymar, you could get ticking within this team like you did with Real. Remember, he's done it sp- spending money at Arsenal. um, if I'm not mistaken. He spent big money. didn't he buy Nicholas Pepe. He bought a couple more players like that. Some players didn't work out. Some players did work out. um, and then he uh, obviously has done it on the shoestring with Villarreal, real. So uh, the the co- obviously, he was going to want to get the better players and the better players cost more money. So yeah. um I. Uh, it's different with Steven Gerrard I always felt that he wanted to sign a player that was that cost a lot of money if he could um, whereas with Una Emery I think he's uh, like he's got the professorial um, kind of uh, aura about him, uh, not aura about him but he do, he is that kind of professor of the game who will be able to work with, uh, and don't get me wrong I think we might see a player over the age of 30 come in in the summer um, <laughs> I, I've said especially, this before in especially midfield, in the tender position yeah Exactly, a central yeah. midfielder, a defensive midfielder, a central defender. I think we could see players over 30 come in there. And I'm yeah. here for the meltdown that's going to happen on Twitter when that happens because <laughs> it just will happen that we don't sign a 21 year old that has, uh, what is it, CA potential of 190 or whatever it is in football manager. Um, because that's just what happens now. Um, but look, as I say, we're going to get, we're going to sign some players. Uh, I, I, can, I can guarantee you. Put your mortgage on the fact that we're going to sign some players in the summer.
1: Yeah. And as Rachel <laughs> says there smart spending rather than big spending and easily waste a hundred million. Now I'm not saying we wasted a hundred million, but look at the money we spent on Jack from Jack Grealish's sale. It hasn't exactly knocked it out of the park for us.
0: No. One of them is gone. One of them is faltering. And one and of the them one is, is finding jury's, finding.
1: jury's feet. still out, but he's getting there. Yeah, finding his feet. Right, yeah. we're going to go. I don't, I don't know what this strip club is Dean is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget the Deadly dug days, Paddy. Spend it like you're at a strip club. I've never been in <laughs> one, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The Deadly...
0: deadly. No, it was travel agencies that Deadly, deadly dog had back in the day. Um... Deadly Doug, RIP. Anyway, it's 11 o'clock here in Ireland. We've rattled on for way too long. Thanks a million, everybody, for listening. Thanks a million, as always, for watching. I might ask just one little favor. If you did like this and you're not a subscriber, please hit the thumbs up button and click on subscribe as well. Also, even if you don't listen to podcasts, if you don't listen to the audio podcast, if you could subscribe on the audio platform as well, just it's... Just one of those things I, I, I'll ask you to do. You don't even need to download the the, the podcast if you don't. It's just to subscribe, to subscribe there as well. Um, that would be really good for us. It really help us out thanks so much to everybody for everything that you do for the podcast we really appreciate it i don't know if you guys have noticed it but i've got new lights here in my podcasting boudoir and i'm feeling like i'm a million dollars i'm kind of like marilyn monroe kind of got marilyn monroe vibes here at the moment so if you've seen me checking myself out on the tv um, that's what i've been doing um but thanks so much everybody i just wanted to put that one in there because it's a uh, pitch dark outside and um And the lights are dazzling me here at the moment. But thanks, everybody, so much for all you do. We'll be back again, maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday with a pre-match show. We'll be back with Team Sheet Tantrum and a post-match again on Saturday. Um, Until then, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say
1: is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions eighteen plus.